Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. Welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Spencer Locker. Me, Dave Pendleton. Morning, Dave. Hey up. How are you doing? All right? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, good. All good. Busy, busy. All good. Excellent. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's um, let's wrap up this occasional series we've got. Five dysfunctions dissected. So we've got these two remaining dysfunctions, uh, accountability and results. So what are your thoughts straight off the bat? What are your thoughts there? Well, we're heading to the top of the pyramid, Spence. Mm. And yes, we're probably not going to talk about results an awful lot. And the reasons why will become apparent once we've talked about the last of the behaviours, accountability, and then mm-hmm. linked right back through the series all the way back to trust. Um, all right, so accountability. So uh, we mentioned it in the previous um, hubcast around commitment. Mm. Um, if, if I simply asked a room full of people, a team, a team of people, said, do you hold yourself accountable for the results on a daily basis? Of course. Everybody's going to put their hand up and say, yes, of course I do. Sure, it's part of being a responsible adult and... Somebody getting paid a salary for an organization, right? Mm. But that's not what it means in the Lencioni model. No. Think about the previous behaviors before um, accountability, which was commitment, confidence, uh, sorry, conflict and trust. Mm. Accountability basically means that we as committed team members, committed to the cause rather than just just the role, Mm. we're committed to the larger cause, when people start to demonstrate behaviors that go against our expectations for things like collaboration and teamwork and positivity and all those types of things, then we must call that out. Mm-hmm. We must raise it. We must ask questions. And the reason we must do that is because it basically means that people are not pulling in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And if people, are, if we're going to just to try and achieve what the organization wants us to achieve, we've all got to pull in the same direction. Mm. And that doesn't matter what your role is, what the expectations on you are as a human, what it is you're trying to achieve. We all need to pull in the same direction by that higher level of understanding and appreciation. Right. So from from my sort of understanding of what you've just said, and, and to be frank, it wasn't that complicated. Uh, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. So we we uh, generally, and when I say generally, I mean sort of everybody, I'd like to think, make themselves accountable, don't they? Yeah. they make themselves accountable because it's it's sort of within your realm of control. Yeah. You know what? I'm accountable for what I do. Mm. And, and I think that when you ask the question in the room, that's what everybody's doing. Sure. I'm making myself accountable. Um, but I think one of the things that, um, that the difference between that and the Lencioni model is that the Lencioni model alludes to making each other accountable. 100%. Yeah. And making sure that your co-workers and team members are indeed demonstrating the right behaviours so you are making sure that they're being accountable. Mm. Absolutely. And when that's not the case, asking them why not. Mm. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I know we've um, we've been we've worked with organisations uh, who have had within the hierarchy of uh, within the sort of senior management team, uh, we've had some people who have um, 
not necessarily made themselves made themselves accountable um, because they're in a quite a unique position in the sense that they are a bit of a subject matter expert. Hmm. So when somebody's turned around and said, uh, "Have you have you actually achieved those outcomes? Have you achieved those aims?" Um, and they've actually people have felt uncomfortable because people have turned around and said, "Well, you can't challenge me. You don't know what I do. You don't know what that's all about." Hmm. And and when we've talked to groups, they've sort of said, "Yeah, sometimes we struggle with with actually making each other accountable because." You know what? If somebody again, it's the threat and the conflict. Sure is because you know if if I turn around to you, Dave, and said I know what your outcomes are or what your what outcomes you're supposed to achieve, um, I might not necessarily know how you're supposed to achieve them, but I know what the outcomes are. So I'm not. I shouldn't really concern myself with how you do it. It's whether you do it or not. Yeah, absolutely. It's not necessarily about the specific outcomes. It's about how the outcomes. I suppose attach themselves to everybody's out, everybody else's outcomes, mm. to create success across the board. Yes, rather than just isolated success. Certainly, a, a prime example, um, and this is a, a really recent example, Spence, from doing some work. Um, strangely, within customer service. Now, I, I sort of make the point in customer service that for me, there are only two two major roles within an organization and really it doesn't matter what organization you work in there is sales and listen don't forget is regardless of what type of organization you work in if you are a profit making organization you have to sell stuff mm. whatever that stuff is right you know yeah. whether it's computers desks oil you have to sell stuff mm. uh, an old mentor uh, once said to me spence uh, this this one liner which really has always resonated with me Production minus sales equals scrap. <laughs> so you yeah. can make, make as much stuff as you want. You can be world-class at making stuff. But if you don't sell it, everyone's going home. Yeah. <laughs> All right? And even, I suppose, in non-profit organizations like charities, you've still got to sell stuff yeah. in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And then the second role is, in, a bro- in its broadest sense, customer service. Mm. So once stuff has been sold... There's other people have to look after the customers that bought the stuff mm. in some way or another. So if you think about accountants, accountants in finance, processing accounts, getting money into the organization is a level of service in some form or another. So and it might be just the way that my black and white brain works, Spence, because, you know, it does. <laughs> um, you know, if you're not involved in sales, which everybody probably should be at some point, mm. if you're all pulling in the same direction, and you're a profit-making business, everybody should be involved in sales in some way or another, directly or indirectly. And then once that's done, everybody should be involved in in customer service in some way or another, either directly or indirectly. So if you think about the um, the accountant, the the um, accountability piece, which you're talking about in the Lindsay Animal Spence, yeah. if I if you know if you and I work together. And you was dealing with a customer in a way that I thought wasn't very positive. You know, maybe maybe you've dealt with a customer that's relatively hard to deal with. You come off the phone or, you you know, you close the email or something and start moaning and groaning about the customer to me. Th- that says to me that actually there's a slight misalignment to the cause. Because customers have got every right to be frustrated and annoyed. And to be fair, we probably put them there because we ain't done the right job. Yeah. And this piece of work that I was doing recently 
there is a very big disconnect between sales and customer service. Customer service blame the salespeople for selling stuff inappropriately, and then they have to sweep up the mess. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is not the first time I've heard that, by no, the way. No. There's always dis- well, generally a big disconnect between sales and marketing. Mm. Which again, it doesn't make any sense to me. These guys should be collaborating. They should be connected and stitched together yeah. more tightly than anyone mm-hmm. because we're all trying to achieve the same thing. Yeah. And that's to sell stuff and make sure customers are happy with the stuff that we sold. So guess what? They come back and buy, buy some more stuff. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So the point, <clears throat> I, I don't know if I've, I've probably gone via China to try and explain the situation, Spence. Which, hey, we enjoyed the trip, Dave. <laughs> it's not usually my way. Um, it is basically... You know, when we observe people displaying, using language, whatever it might be, um, in, in a way that we think is is inappropriate to to the cause and to the outcomes, then we've got to be able to raise that to the person, people, or teams concerned. Mm. And it might well be that there's just been a momentary lapse in concentration. It might be that somebody's just having a bad day, which we all have. Mm. And, in you know, of course, in those examples and many more other examples we could give, it's perfectly acceptable because having that word might just help them just realign and say, oh, you're right. Yeah. You're, no, you're absolutely right. Apologies. Mm. Just give me 10 minutes and I'll be back on it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if there's some sort of refusal, like, are you telling me how to do my job? Mm-hmm. What gives you the right to tell me my job? Yeah. It's not about me telling you your job. It's not that at all. No. It's just me saying to you, there seems to be a misalignment in our thought process. No more, no less. And that's incredibly powerful because, again, it's linked to all the other stuff that we've talked about. Why would why would you not want that feedback? If you've done something wrong, I mean, don't get me wrong, if, you're, if you've been truly honest with yourself, you probably know that you've messed up or you've been inappropriate or... You've you've not you're been not bought into the cause. Yeah, not yeah, you're not bought into the cause. Um, but being honest with yourself, you know what? Sometimes we if somebody turns around and makes that observation, you know what, you're right there. I'm really sorry about that. Have you got any tips? Whatever whatever you want to talk about, however you want to pitch it. Um, but yeah, if you feel that you've, you feel the need to defend yourself because you're feeling threatened, you might be feeling what's the V word that we talk about with trust? vulnerable a vulnerable Ooh, yeah. yeah absolutely you see you're feeling vulnerable why are you feeling vulnerable because you trust the people you're with or do you trust the people you're with yeah are you sure that they are uh, they've got um, the best intentions for you for the organization for the team if, if that's the case then why are you feeling vulnerable yeah it knits all the good stuff that we've been talking about all the way through this series so when you, yeah that accountability piece is very very important and it's Again, intrinsically linked to all the other things in whatever context you put it in. It might be directly linked. It might be indirectly linked. But, yeah, very much so. Well, I I mean, listen, you raise a good point there that we may just need to mention for a minute or two. Is that, you know, why do people react that way when Mm -hmm. challenged or or when this thing is brought up or mention it? Yeah. Well, it's self-protection. It's nothing more than that. It's self-protection. Who are you to tell me this, that, and the other? But but that's the problem. It's not somebody being critical and saying you're not good at your job. It's just somebody saying, I've observed this. Mm. What's going on? So it's not that at all, Mm. nor should it be seen as such. But again, as you mentioned, you know, if the other elements of the dysfunctional behavior 
if they're not present and not observable, that's when we get defensive behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So accountability, making ourselves and each other accountable. Absolutely. For, Holding each other to account. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. For being committed to the cause. Yeah. So just to, just to have a quick recap here, we started off with trust. Yes, we, we talked did. about trust, the absence of trust specifically Correct. from the Lencioni model. Mm-hmm. And then um, after we talked about trust, we talked about conflict, the absence of conflict or, or the absence of positive conflict. Positive conflict. Sure. Yeah. Um, so on the back of trust and conflict, we talked about commitment and absence mm-hmm. of commitment or a lack of commitment. Yeah. Yep. The commitment to the cause, mm. commitment to the what what the the big picture, I suppose, that what what we we see as the organisation's raison d'être, if you like, yeah. slipping a bit of French. There. That was very good. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we've this on this podcast, we've talked about accountability. We talked about that uh, making ourselves and each other accountable uh, for for the outcomes, and and these outcomes finally turn up in the form of results. So what, what, what are your thoughts on the results, the final part of the five dysfunctions pyramid? Well, I, I know you've just run through it there, but do you mind if I just rerun it? Just, hey, just, to, hey, just, it. just, to, just to, you know, put the cherry on top of the cake, so have to speak. At it. It, You know, we, we've done separate podcasts on each one of these. So, yeah. you know, if you've not heard this, rewind and, and have, a, have a listen. But if trust doesn't exist, if trust does not exist, we won't ever experience the ability to have positive conflict, to ask questions, to challenge. If we cannot ask those those potentially difficult to, to, to answer questions, if we don't have freedom of speech and we don't have a voice, we might not ever be as committed as we should because we can't align it in our world hmm. to make it right. If we don't have 100% commitment, we'll never be 100% accountable. Hmm. And this is why when people hold us to account, we get defensive. But when those four elements are there, are present, hmm. the theory and fact, of course, is that the results should almost organically take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the results are, yeah, they're there. They're real. They're palpable. they measurable. They are tangible. Exactly. And that's ultimately what we want. Sure it is. Um, again, we're not, doing, we're not in this for... For the for the fun of it, we're here because we're committed and we're yeah, and we trust people. That's right. and, yeah, and if you, if you think about it logically, Spencer, yeah. if one of those elements is removed, mm. there's a high chance we won't achieve what we're trying to achieve. So if we, <clears throat> if we take away trust and we work in an environment where there is a lack of trust, then we're not going to be able to have that positive conflict. No, or if we have the positive conflict, it will turn negative and it will cause chaos rather than productivity. Mm-hmm. You know, and if commitment's missing and then people are pulling in, in different directions and there's loads of silos, we're not going to achieve all we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Now, listen, this doesn't mean to say that organizations and teams are going to fall over. No. That's not the case. Hmm. It's just a very simple case of could we achieve more than we currently achieve Yeah. if these things were present and correct mm-hmm. than we currently do? Right. That's all it is. Yeah. This is not... The, the 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 success determinator, if you like. No. Because people and organizations will still be successful when these things are not present. The question is how much more successful could they be yeah. if these things were present? Yes. Does that make Good sense? Point. Makes a great makes a great point. You make a great point there. 
Um, the amount of times we have sat in a room with an organization, a group of leaders uh, or, or, or a team, and we've worked through this with a, uh, from a functional team's perspective. Mm. And we've said one of the opening lines is to basically sort of say, look, we're not trying to fix something that's broken here. We're trying to enhance something that already works. Mm. So it's not, don't, don't get me, don't get us wrong. It's not a binary option. You no. either use these and win or don't use these and fall on your sword. It's not a case of that. No, it isn't. But yeah, it's just one of these, it's, it's one of these concepts that just ring bells. Well, as, as Patrick Lenzioni says, it's one of the, the most simple and straightforward concepts that you will ever come across, but potentially one of the hardest you will ever try to implement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're relying on humans to implement it successfully. Mm, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Excellent. Thank you. So off the back of that, and I ain't going to repeat them all because I've said them and you've said them. So everybody knows where they are. Yeah. <laughs> the five dysfunctions of a team dissected. Thank you very much, Dave Pendleton. As always, a pleasure, Spencer. And we'll catch you again on another T2 Hubcast. Thank you.